0: You're listening to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett. Hello, and welcome to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight, after a three-week hiatus, we're back with the final installment of our favorite 80s movies series. Tonight, covering the years 1987, 1988, and 1989. As we mentioned in the podcast at the beginning, these years had some terrific movies, which made it hard for us to make our picks for this episode, but made them we did. Uh, I think we picked some good ones. So join us as we share our favorites and why they're our favorites next. So go ahead and get this out of the way. So my my snack for this evening, if you can see it, doing the Reese's, Reese's pieces. pieces. I wanted I wanted to do a '80s snack.
1: Well, oh, hold on. Look, see, we didn't even plan this. Reese's peanut butter cup. I mean, you know, it's like these. not quite the same, but it's close. We're on the
0: same wavelength there.
1: Same wavelength, man. I love it. Reese's. This is the Reese's night. We didn't even. Yes. We did not even. We did not plan this. That's
0: right. Tonight's episode is not sponsored by Reese's. I wish it was, um,
1: because we do like Reese's. Yes, we do. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> and we would. We would love a sponsorship.
0: I like Reese's, but I like ad revenue better.
1: Yeah, hey, it's, it's the same thing, as we'll come at this, but the same thing, I heard Spotify said that they have, like, gained all these subscribers since the whole Joe Rogan, story. and I was like, it's because of us, yeah. we're on there, it's like. It's true. Like, of course you've gained subscribers. Best like, kept
0: secret, <laughs> the best Joe kept Rogan secret, nobody knows a, it.
1: <laughs> a controversy, that, no, I don't think so. I think the word got out that we're on Spotify. It was just like, a smoke oh, screen, just a smoke screen. Smoke screen, screen. yeah. And so, thank you, Reese's for sponsoring. <laughs> thanks, <her>. Reese's. <laughs> yes, Lamar is at the. Uh, they are the. The Hershey Company. That's right. Yeah, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yep. That's right. I've been there a couple times.
0: Yep. Um, somebody that we both know, Rob um, Stanland. He lives outside of Hershey now. With his I family. did not know that. Yep. Yep. Um, he came into town uh, last summer. Uh, it was for his high school reunion or something.
1: It was this past. It was this past fall. Yeah, past fall, right? Not
0: summer. Yeah, he came into town for it. He he and I actually caught breakfast <laughs> on his way out.
1: That, and, that's uh, hilarious. He came all the way from Hersey to be the high school reunion. I live. I live twenty five minutes from my <laughs> from my high school, and I didn't go. Okay, there's.
0: Well, I think when no, and get, I
1: say that I would have went. I really would have went. I did have a work thing going on and I was kind yeah. of like, in, in, you know, and was like, I, if, if I had to spend the money and you can't go to all the, all the whole event, yeah. then I kind of feel like, you know, I'm not getting my money's worth out of this. And you know,
0: yeah, that's kind of, you know. well, you know, like I went to my 10 year, even though it was technically 11 year because they dropped the ball and didn't do it until 11 years after we graduated. That's happened,
1: to, Yeah. I think ours was 26. And then now this is 32. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it's it. all over
0: the place. Um, I went to that one and it was okay. Um, but I, I missed the second, the, the 20 year because Lauren and I were at the outer banks. And then this third one, I was just like, no nah, not interested, just not doing it. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think, I, I think reunions are, they're a great thing. I, I mean, yeah. I really, I, I do believe that, but Facebook and social media as a whole, but really Facebook yeah. has ruined reunions. To I think a you're degree. right. Because a lot of people say, "Oh, I can, I can see what's going on with them." I, yeah. The people who I care about the most, I'm going to be friends with them anyway. I catch yeah. up with, I, I see what's going on with their families. I may not always say hello at every moment or everything, but I'm, but, but I see what you know. I see their pictures, I see their kids, whatever. I kind of see what they're up to, you know. And that's kind of what Facebook is all about. It's kind of like, yeah. you know,
0: it's true, it's true. Yeah. That is interesting, though. I had never thought of that, but yeah, I mean, I think social media, Facebook in particular, like you said, I think it's really taking a lot of the wind out of, you know, high school reunion sales. It's just, it's Facebook like,
1: Facebook killed the, yeah, right. <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> the reunion star.
1: Yeah. The reunions is like video kill the radio star. It's like, that's it. Yeah. That's right. There's our,
0: yeah. Um. So this, this episode that uh, was supposed to have been recorded and put out about three weeks ago, but you know, life <laughs> life has a way, life has a way of uh, interrupting, and you know, it's like we finally finally got to this evening, um, but we're here for our third in a series of episodes where we talk about our favorite movies from the 1980s. And so, for tonight, we have finally made it to the last phase, <laughs> the last volume of this series. We're doing 1987 to 1989
1: yes
0: yeah so this was tough i'm not gonna last it it's really harder than
1: people think it's like
0: this is really some really good movies during those years um and i'm not saying that because oh well those were you know like our teenage years you know where um but no there were some really really good movies that came out during those three years that i think people still watch to this day are considered classics and one of them uh that i'm going to bring up in a, in a little bit probably going to tip my hand if i give this clue but i mean it is still for me it is something i watch every christmas because it is just like it, it is a christmas movie and it is a, a pretty amazing christmas movie but we'll talk more about that later so um how about you want to kick things off
1: okay kick it hell. <laughs> I'm about ready to bust the move. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Gary can't do that. I can't do the beatbox. That's all right. But I can. But I, can I can wear some some parachute pants. I can still rock those.
0: And you're wearing them right now. I'm wearing
1: right now, folks. You can't see it, and you, can, you can't see it, but you can you can hear my hold on. Can hear the hear the hear the hear the parachute material making the noise and, and, and my zippers going zip 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 zip. zip. <laughs>
0: I'm not picking it up, but uh, you're not picking I, it up. I, I, I may, I book. may actually have to to post this video to YouTube just so that people can see what I just saw.
1: Go on. <laughs> that look, the look of like, yeah. That speaking of that, okay, I'll kick this off here. I did, I, I may mention this in the last video or the last couple somewhere there. I did talk about I did have I did have a black pair and a gray pair of parachute pants. They did yes. come from Chess King yes. at Northgate Mall. Yep. I did have a studded a studded, studded studded uh belt and bracelet, double in the bracelet, by the way, and this this cool kind of like royal blue with black mesh in the armpits and whatever and I'm gonna
0: say what is. I said last time. Like your parents were pretty amazing. Like That's my parents-
1: mom, by the way, mom, not my parents, mom. Okay.
0: Well, your mom was pretty amazing because my mom would have been like. You must have lost your mind. No, you're not getting
1: that. No, you're not wearing that. Your kindergarten teacher was pretty amazing. That's she all was I hip.
0: Say. She was hip. She was with it. She's like that kids she, gonna she, dress She hip.
1: liked fashion. You gotta remember that. She, my yeah. Mom's a uh, okay. My mom's a little bit overweight. Will, uh, okay, she's always been. She'll tell you that. She's nothing. She's uh, she's but she's I'm always really dressed
0: well. She's but but always mom very...
1: always cared about how she looked. She was yeah. always gonna. It, it no matter what her size was. She mm-hmm. was going to she she wanted to put on her best and and she, she always tried to be stylish. And certain you know if it's be shoes or you know tops or you know slacks, however you know some of these some of these fancy older lady names how they want to call stuff. But yeah, she always was that bad. So she was like, you know, she yeah. was all about it. So how are your folks? Mom doing supported it, way?
0: huh? How are how are your folks doing by the way?
1: They're they're doing well. I, they yeah. I mean. I think they got their—I don't know—the third booster shot. There's something they got at that yesterday. So, and, and, and at their pretend, age, they did—you know, like they really do need to get—you know—they they they're probably. Well, at the, yeah, at the
0: yeah at their age, but um, so they had a an anniversary not too long ago, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um. See. It's a really sweet photo.
1: It's there. Was it their 48th? Wednesday I anniversary. I I'm going to be 50. Is that the I deal? Think... I was. No, it's. It is actually 54. 54. I, I, yep.
0: Wow. That's right. That's right. I remember now. 54. Yep. Because. Four years. Yep. Because I remember when their 50th happened. So that, yep. man, that's amazing.
1: I know. It's. Uh, Four years. Brilliant. Really yes. it's, 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 yeah, it is really good. All right. right. Kick things off. You want me to yes. kick things off? Yes. Well, let me kick, up before we get going, and I know everybody's like going, really another, you got something else you got to say? Chris. Chris thought I should mention this, and I will mention. it. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, yes. I I stopped, I stopped by. It's like a secondhand shop. It's it's not a goodwill, but it's like I going to go I
0: secondhand shopping with you. By the way, like you need to go ma- with me. We have time, good time. We gotta go because man, that's awesome. Go. Awesome find. So
1: I'm in there. I, I'm I always go through like the I look through and see if they have any VCR old, old VCR tapes. I look at like CDs. I look at DVDs. I look at if they got any records. Look at 45s, look at stuff, trying to see if anybody's ever, you know, turned something in that's semi-decent, yeah. especially 80s stuff. I really – or even 70s and 90s. It just depends on what I'm kind of in the – if yeah. it just hits me the right way. Right. And and I've, I got some good stuff there. I, I think that's where I got – I got Back to the Future mm. 2 and 3 on VHS. Yeah. And I think this may have been where I got my Elf VHS tape. Could have been. Mm. I'm thinking I got it there. I think you said and, it was. Yeah. So that's, I mean, so I, I've got some, I found some cool things in the past from there, sure, great but, segment. but I was, I just stopped in I, I had about five minutes and I was like, just kind of browse through really quick yeah. and I didn't see anything in the, in the DVDs that was new or anything like that. So I kept it. And I always go look at the, um, like the electronic area stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm actually in the lookout for, if I can ever find like that like the Marty McFly clock from back of the future, mm-hmm. there's a certain brand that is. And, and yeah. if I if I saw it, I would know it. And of course I would double check to make sure I was right. But but I'm but I'm always on the lookout for something like that. Just kind of see if and I always kind of look out for like maybe an old record player or something that just kind of has, you know, just kind of, you know, I mean maybe an old boom box or something that maybe I would have, I would have had a something similar to that at that same time frame. Cause like I got rid of, unfortunately, I got rid of most of that stuff. Like 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 my old Walkman like my dad actually found one of my old Walkmans but it wasn't the oh, really? original, it wasn't like the Sony Walkman but it was like the generic off-brand Walkman um but I would love to find a like a Sony Walkman that'd be cool um but I was in there and I I saw this old VCR and it said Betamax and I was like my eyes just kind of went like like saucers <laughs> and I was like a Betamax are you kidding me because that's like what we've my parents, we we first had a Betamax. That's what we had. Oh, really? Like before, before we had VHS, we had yeah. a beta, we had a Betamax. And this was probably like late seventies when we had our first uh-huh. Betamax. Because yeah. and the reason we got it so early, not because my parents were like ultra rich or anything, is because those time, if you ever, you know, like people had VCRs back in the day, they were really expensive. I mean, oh you know, yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And the only reason we got it is because we were going my. my my dad was transferred with his company down in South America, to Venezuela, South America, and we lived there for a couple of years. Well, down in South America, they did not have; there was not English TV. There was, there was, you know, like if you, if you did go to the movies, now that was cool. They did have movies in English and had Spanish subtitles, which that was nice for for us Americans who didn't mm-hmm. speak Spanish. Yeah. Worked out in our favor, but like just TV in general, like if you watch Happy Days. You're like the, you know, like the, you, it'd be, it'd be fine speaking Spanish yeah. with the, you know, like with the voiceover actor. And then all of a sudden they go, Hey, you know, it's like, you know, it's just, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. how it was. It just, <laughs> so, so, um, we had a cousin who, who had VCRs. I already had VCRs. He, he always was ahead of the game. This guy always right. had everything first. I mean, he was, he was that guy. And so, like, he told us, he says, you, and he says, y'all need a VCR. And, and so he recorded a bunch of stuff off TV. Like he recorded stuff for me, like, like cartoons and whatever. He, he, he made like a couple like compilation type, type videos just, just so I had something to watch Yeah, when I was there. He did same thing for my parents. He like, I remember they had a video with um, like heart to heart um, Angie. Um, oh, wow. I mean, yeah, just, really I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I remember, cause the thing is like my parents would be watching that like, and I would sometimes watch what they watched. And so, like, you know, so I watched some of those heart to heart episodes and stuff like that. But I also had, he had a couple like ones with cartoons for me, which was, which is really cool. But in this saying a, all that,
0: this was an uncle or a cousin?
1: It was it's my mom's, it's my mom's cousin. Okay. Yeah. Which is my, it's my cousin too. But yeah. So, but in saying all that, that was our first, that's our first ever VCR was a, was a Betamax. And then we like, just like everybody else, Betamax went, went like, obsolete oh, not because yeah. they weren't they were superior we we'll talk about that some other time but they were superior but I took a class, yeah I, I took a class in in the 90s in college it was a marketing class and basically the Betamax was the superior product Absolutely. And, and vhs just did a better job of marketing and yep. made and made the made the Betamax obsolete even though the beta max was a superior and vhs had a
0: longer tape format like they're right, that's cool. what
1: yes that's what, and they got the movies. they got the movie companies to go along with it, and then that just kind of, that just.
0: It's funny you mentioned that. You learned about that in a marketing class, so I'm I'm back to taking my MBA classes, and that came up in one of the um, assignments a
1: few weeks ago. Talking. Oh, that's about cool. Betamax. Yeah. So, but that's but funny. I got this Betamax for nine dollars and fifty cent. <laughs> that is insane. I, and and it says it still works or whatever. So before I left, the, before I left, I went. I picked it up as heavy as could be. Oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm like, sure it Good is. Gracious. Yeah. But I took it over. I saw outlet and I just I just plugged it right on in before I even went to pay for it. Just to make. Yeah. I was like, I'm testing this out. My at least cuts on the yeah, power so. came on. Now, the question is this. I don't have I have a bunch of old VHS tapes. I do not have any mm. Betamax tapes. So any listeners out there? If you got any if you got any Betamax tapes that you'd like to send our way, please do. Yeah. And that's right. <laughs> I will gladly accept, I gladly accept those. Uh, but we also would like to, I think you mentioned this. And what were you gonna say, Chris? You going to ask of what you mentioned this on the your post.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, just that, you know, recommendations, recommendations. And, you know, for movies and also just if anybody has any, you know, kind of uh advice on where to go to look for these. I'm sure eBay probably has them, but I know sometimes with those kinds of things, if VHS or Betamax, if it's something that's like, you know, a really good movie or something, you know, you might wind up paying a premium for it, but hopefully, you know, we'll find some sort of treasure trove of Betamax. Yeah,
1: I would love, I would seriously, because like I I do have old, I do have a VHS upstairs Mm -hmm. um, player, and I've, and I've already started to pull out some of my old VHS tapes that I record yeah. some stuff on, and I want to try to, like, do something with that some time to get some of our stuff out and see if we can, especially if I can find the old Saturday Night Live with the Chris Farley special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it has the original music to it. Yeah. If I can find that, I will, I will try to make a video out of it and post it because – that was just a classic. Uh, oh,
0: that was hilarious!
1: I mean, because like out. what they put out on the best on the best of BHS that they put out changed them because they didn't have the rights to music licensing, at certain yeah, points and stuff, licensing and all, stuff like that. But yeah,
0: that that uh, that commercial Schmidt's Gay that was he and Adam Sandler such a funny commercial.
1: That is hilarious. So again, yeah, that was my. So you got
0: a Betamax. So yeah, and I and I put that on Instagram because when you shared the photo with me, I'm like, this is too good. I can't. I can't let this go. So like, yeah, I, I mean, to share it.
1: I mean, I mean, even though I don't have a Betamax, I don't have any Betamax tapes. I was just like, you know, this is just one of those things of going. It, well, I mean, you don't have any. It would right have right been now. fifty bucks. I may not have bought it, but for yeah. like for like ten dollars or yeah, know, nine dollars no. and change, it's, I was like,
0: this it, is that's a steal. And I'm right. sure, I'm sure you'll be able to find at some point, some, some beta. Right. Machines.
1: And I will look for some stuff. I will, I will go say, well,
0: I will say the first and only Betamax movie I ever saw uh, was at a friend's grandparents' house because his grandparents had gotten a Betamax, and uh, it was Superman, Superman, the movie, Christopher Reeve. Uh, I got to see that. I had seen it in the theaters, but. This was like, this was awesome because I was watching it on a Betamax. And
1: oh, that's cool. And I
0: remember even then, I mean, I could have, I think I was like 11, maybe 12, somewhere around in there. About right. And, and I just remember thinking, like, it's like looking at the movie screen. Like the quality, the video quality was really, really good. And then I remember the first time I saw something on uh, VCR, like a VHS format. And I could tell it's like, yeah, it, does, it looks muddier. Like it just, it looks, doesn't look as crisp or as sharp. Um, and then, you know, and then laser discs came along and I, and Ooh. I wound up getting a disc player and talk about heavy. You're saying the Betamax was heavy. The, the disc player, I had that thing weighed, it was like a tank. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it was really exciting. And when you sent that, I just thought it was awesome piece of news and you know, who knows? Maybe there's somebody that listens to this that has a Betamax as well and can also yeah, be some advice. Yeah,
1: I'd love to hear. Yeah, please, please, yeah, uh, yeah please, please message us. You can, like I can see find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. Yep. Uh, definitely hook us up and uh, hit us up with some, you know, information or comments about it. Love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Hey, d- d- do you remember when going to the video store? And I, I mean, I still remember this, I just, cause I, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but. Mm-hmm. Like going to be this store and to back in the early '80s, this have been the time in that you would they would have the Betamax copy, which yeah. which like a smaller box, smaller box, and then the yep. bigger box being behind it, and it is like that they would have they'd have one of each, like kind yeah. of like the deal. You know, it, you know, it wasn't until Blockbuster came along that you would have multiple yeah. version, you know, where you could rent, you know, oh, you could get this, you know, copy of it or whatever. But mm-hmm. but back then, they had both. They would have like the Betamax and the VHS yep. versions of it. Ended well, there up, was in the a video eventually. store
0: not far from where we lived, you and I, uh, in Durham, and it was in the same um, strip mall as where the food line is on Roxboro. Okay, I went right.
1: to that one a lot. It, that, they
0: had Betamax and VHS.
1: Now my first one I went to there was North American Video. Oh yeah, oh, which yeah. was right the one that was right next to McDonald's. Yes, it's a t- it's an entire McDonald's. place now.
0: That's right. Oh but man, I like, love North American Video.
1: Yeah, that was my that was my first. The McDonald's last was my first one.
0: The last North American Video store was in Cary, and I was this is when I was living in Cary before I met Lauren, and man, I tell you what I when they closed, I think I went like the last week before they closed and I, it was like, I was trying to soak it all in because that was a really great video store. It reminded me of the one in Durham a lot. Um, but yeah, the guys that work there, they had been working there for years and they were just like, yeah, it feels like the end of an era. I said, it is the end of an era. It's was like it video stores era. are right. going away. Um, bring, you know, here comes the Netflix. Um, yep. But yeah. Right. So yeah, that's great. So, um, well, let's go ahead and jump in.
1: The yeah, movie stuff. I, I mean, about, that's what everybody's here for. Talk about I, our
0: favorite movies. So,
1: um, number yes, one for me, nineteen eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon. Yes, yes. Lethal Weapon. is my, it's my, that's my number. That's my, that's my number one choice from nineteen eighty-seven on my list this week. Yep, is Lethal Weapon. You know, and it's just is, you know, Richard Donner was the you know, as a director, we just lost him last year. It's not even been a year yeah. yet. Um,
0: Great director.
1: And, and and was he scheduled to be the director on the reboot? Was he going to do it?
0: I think he was involved in it. I, I, involved in some I watched an interview with him that was taken some a short time before he passed away, and the question came up about Lethal Weapon, and he was involved. Um, okay. I think i'm i'm really my my memory is such swiss swiss cheese lately but um i think it was his comment was he was either going to direct it or he was just going to executive produce it okay um but yeah no great director we just talked about superman the movie a little while ago Mm -hmm. he directed that um
1: yeah this all time yeah
0: this was such a like I mean, obviously, I I want to hear what your thoughts about the movie. But I thought this movie just had everything going for it because it had Mel Gibson in his prime, Danny Glover. I had seen in other things, and I think he's a great actor.
1: Um, They're
0: really yeah. I think it showcased
1: uh, his talents. Yeah, they had such great
0: chemistry, uh, and and of course Richard Donner directing it. It Just it was really just a solid movie. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead and tell talk about uh, what what are your reasons for it being your favorite.
1: I don't know if it's if the it's combination of, I mean, a lot of it is what I'm thinking about. I try to look at these movies at, 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 not just now, but at the time, like what did, you know, like how did it affect me or how did I, you know, like, was it, you know, was I super excited about it or wanted to see it again or loved it or, you know, like those are things. I mean, like, I mean, that, I mean that's the only reason like Grease 2 ended up on my list, you mm-hmm. know, like on the first, on our first list of Boy. things at the time, I just, I just, just, obsessed with it loved it it's just one of those yeah, let me just of- interact
0: interject for a second so apparently uh our post about that episode it so it went out on facebook there were a number of people that got on there who were just trashing <laughs> trashing grease too but it, but at the same time there were some people who came back and were like no it's a great movie it's fun so anyway i just it was like we really got a lot of response to to yeah, that selection.
1: Well, that's there we go. It's like that's fine. I, I can I can take the heat on that one. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. mind I don't hey. mind it one bit because I'm a cool 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 writer. <laughs> that's right. what I am. So, you know. Yeah, no, it's definitely but, guilty pleasure. But weapon. but yeah, you know, but back weapon. to lose the Weapon. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a, got a great story. You, I mean, like you already hit the whole thing about yeah you know, Mel Gibson. I love Mel Gibson. Despite some of his his, you know, his things that his some of his controversy things that, you know, rightfully sometimes he's 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 earned that. But at the same time, I think as Robert Downey Jr. has, you know, came to his defense a couple of times and said, look, you know, you know, I mean, basically those without, you know, like those who haven't seen a cast the first stone kind of deal. Mm-hmm. you know so despite all that he's a wonderful actor a wonderful he's actually a really good director yeah oh yeah and so like the legacy for him has, has played on but the the legacy of lethal weapon has played on too it's like those are some good sequels that came after that they weren't bad i mean right. lethal weapon 2 even 3 was wasn't I, was better than most movies
0: I, I agree i think 3 was really good i love two. like right. i mean 2 to me i I mean nothing touches the first one I, I, I'm with you I think this is No, such a no it's a cl-
1: it's a, it's a classic. And, it,
0: and you know and I forgot to mention in addition to Richard Donner so the screenplay was written by a guy named Shane Black who is responsible for some movies like this from the 80s these like action films and um you know and he also he was an actor and he he actually was one of the uh, one of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's men in Predator. He was the oh, one who had okay. the glasses and was reading the comic book. That's Shane Black. Um, so yeah, it was a really, like he really had a, a grasp of like the action, you know, buddy cop, you know, genre. And like, just, there's just so much about this movie. I just, you know, it's so perfectly 80s. Um, and it's just got everything you'd want in a movie like this. And then um, of course, you know, it also stars, uh, another favorite of ours, Gary Busey. Uh, he's in this one. Gary Busey, <laughs> yeah, yeah love some Gary, Gary's and, an and
1: Gary's great in this.
0: Yeah, he I mean, really
1: is. He is like he is. He is so good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's a, he's such a great villain.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and this I mean, was really. Con- I
1: mean, he he's probably better in this than he is in Silver Bullet. Not that's saying I,
0: I was. <laughs> I was gonna say, like to me. <laughs> This and Point Break I think were like to me like two of his last like really good performances before you know before life came along and
1: yeah whatever happened I don't yeah. you, you, I don't think you can blame the accident on that I think some of that's no, just the results no. of it. yeah you know he he was on our uh, senior hall and I'm 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 diver, I'm digressing a little bit I'm sorry but he so, was on our senior hall after the accident yeah and was just as clear as can be i mean just like articulate i mean he was i mean he i mean he's you know still had the bucey energy but very articulate very clear in his in his thoughts yeah and this was after this was after the accident after you know recuperating healing and it's so you're like you can't say all the accident caused causes his problems yeah um but i don't you know i don't know if that was you know and, and you never know what was going on like a, there's like the, Like degenerative issues or whatever as well. You you know, we can blame, we can think that it's past drug abuse or whatever, alcohol abuse, whatever, but you know, I mean, there could be some other issues that that are causing, but not that, I mean, you can't blame the accident because really he was, I mean, that's a, you can can find that on YouTube, but it's a very, he's very sharp. I mean, I was like very impressed with, you know, with his answers and with how he handled himself. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess uh I guess I'll I'll go next.
1: You get, yeah. I mean that's yeah. Ooh, hello. Yeah, is that and was that, there anything
0: else we needed to cover
1: about? I mean, I'm sure, man, we can we could there's I mean we could we could talk for we could talk for I mean really, yeah. I mean I think we could talk for 30 minutes just on the web yeah. if we wanted to, but I, I mean the, I don't
0: The one thing I'll say is that I felt like it really showed off Mel Gibson's comedic abilities. I mean, even though it's an action film, I mean, he really played the crazy, you know, even using some of the Three Stooges slapstick.
1: Oh, ah, yeah. yes.
0: In his interactions with bad guys and, and everything. But yeah, um, I was, uh, as we were talking, I was pulling up, trying to pull up something that I remember greeting. Um, so Shane Black, whom I mentioned a uh, short while ago, so he was the screenwriter for, for this movie. Apparently he wrote this, while he was in school at UCLA. And he wanted to do basically like an urban Western where the, like his initial idea was like, what if you have a, a cop like Dirty Harry, like Clint Eastwood, who, you know, is, you know, the people that he reports to, they just, they, they can't stand him because he's just kind of like, you know, almost like a vigilante or he just kind of does what he wants. He doesn't care what others think. And so Black had the idea, well, what if you had a character like that? But it turned out they really needed him because he was the only one who could address whatever the problem they were facing. And so it just evolved from that into uh, Lethal Weapon. Um, One of the other things I wanted to mention that I really love, we talked about Danny Glover and just how his chemistry with Gibson was so great. What I also loved about uh, Danny Glover, especially now as an older person, you know much older than i was when this first came out it's like his tag his kind of tagline that just weary i'm too old for this you know um, right? It, it's just like i totally relate to it now whenever i'm like doing something that you know or somebody's want me to do something that like a younger me would have been like yeah sure now i'm just like no i'm too old for that no i, I ain't sense. doing that <laughs> so i can totally relate to it on a, on a whole new level now
1: so let's i don't that's I do want to test. I do remember hearing about it was a meme on that and I want to check. I really. So what would.
0: So was the was the the new one, was that
1: you said it was a reboot? No, it's going to be. No, it's not a reboot. there's they're they're going to be in it. Like Mel Gibson is going to direct it. Mel Gibson is going to direct it. Uh, Danny Glover is going to be in it. Okay. Good. It's like it's going to be some kind of sequel of some kind. It's like. Now, did you ever see the TV series? I did, and I didn't. I didn't hate it.
0: Yeah. Wasn't um, was it Sean William Scott? Was he in it?
1: He he did end up coming. The, the guy over. before him. The guy before him kind of got. Didn't he get fired? Go. Yeah, he got fired or something yeah. like that. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So what's funny is uh, Danny Glover was about forty years old when he did that. When he did the movie. When he did. Uh, when he did leave the weapon. So when it so when he says, I'm too old for this shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I'm going, wow. Cause I'm like going, you're too old at 40. You're saying this at 40. And I'm like, man, we're a lot older than 40 now. So I'm like, let that sink in. And I think that's what the meme was all about. It was like, let that sink in that he was, he was 40 years old saying that and look at us. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, well, Lethal Weapon is definitely is, is um, a great 80s movie and certainly deserving of uh, anyone selecting it as their favorite. So um, for mine, I'm also going to stay with 1987 and um, my choice is RoboCop.
1: Nice, very good.
0: So um, I actually got to see this in the movie theater. Um, so did I. Because I'd finally turned 17 and was able to to go see an R-rated movie.
1: I was, I was 15 and I probably saw it at the Riverview. So yeah. Yeah. We know about the Riverview and it's lax, (laughs) you
0: know, parting of of minors. Um, But no, this, I remember seeing this in the movie theater and it is a very gruesome film. Like the, the violence in it is very extreme. And so at the very beginning of the film with Peter Weller, his character being, you know, Kind of jumped by the bad guys, and when they like just brutally brutally kill him, uh, including like blowing his hand off with a shotgun. I mean, it is like you see it, and I just remember being so shocked by it. Now I had seen other films up to that point that were gory, you know, the Friday the Thirteenth, all of that stuff. But I think what was just so shocking about this movie was just it was just there was no like pulling back. It was just like boom, we just blew his hand off. Uh, and at that time, the the special effects um, guy working on that is uh, a guy named Rob. Uh, I think his last name is Botton or Botten. uh He also did special effects for John Carpenter's The Thing. And so, oh. really good makeup and effects, special effects. Um, I call him a guru. Um, so, but yeah, this had a tremendous amount of violence. But I think what I liked about it is one, I liked Peter Weller. He was, I think, a great actor and. He had been in other stuff that I had liked, but I liked how in some ways it's like a superhero movie. And in other ways, it's kind of a, you know, a futuristic, you know, kind of a dystopian kind of setting. Um, but it also, I felt like it had kind of a, Kind of a commentary almost on like violence and media and television, and things like that. There's a lot of least uh,
1: they all that kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of there's stuff, a, yeah, There's
0: a lot of like jokes in there about TV shows and politics. And and it's funny because I watched Robocop, it's probably about a year ago, um, during quarantine with COVID. I think my son and I, um, my oldest, he and I watched it. And I was really, like, the whole thing about, like, wow, this movie was, in some ways, it was kind of almost telling the future in terms of, like, you know, commercials and violence in the world and things like that. It's like, it was really, in a lot of ways, I felt like, yeah, this is, like, the this kind of stuff is actually happening now. Yeah. Um, And which also prompted, like, especially when all those riots were going on a couple of years ago. Um, somebody, I forget who I was talking to, they said, man, we need Batman at a time like this. I said, no, we need RoboCop at a time like this. <laughs> <laughs> RoboCop would show up and be just like, he ain't got no business. He's like, you he don't care about race. You mm-hmm. don't care about anything. So he's like, I'm here to establish law and order. Um, no. you know. But uh, but Peter Weller is great in this. And the the RoboCop suit, I still think to this day is a great looking outfit. Like they did a RoboCop remake a few years back and they came up with like a, a new version of the suit. And I got to tell you, it, it just, it, you can't top something as just iconic and cool as the RoboCop outfit, um, especially in the first one. I just felt like it was just really, really well done. Great special effects, great cast. Um, another actor in it, Kurtwood Smith, who has been in that 70s show. He's in another one of my favorite TV shows on Amazon called Patriot. But uh, Kurt Wood Smith plays yeah. probably one of the most sadistic villains in a movie. He plays Clarence Boddicker, and he is so ruthless and evil. And just, I mean, he really is a terrific villain in this movie. Um, there's actually quite a few cool villains in this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, Peter Weller's great in it. And then Nancy Allen, who had had fame mostly like in the 70s and early 80s with Brian De Palma films. Uh, She plays his police partner, RoboCop's police partner in this, um, Officer Lewis, and she's really good in this as well. I mean, it's just, I think, a really solid movie and watching it last year, uh, it was amazing how it definitely has an 80s vibe to it, but it still feels fresh. Like, it still feels like relevant like if it came out today I, I i know people would be going to see it um but anyway yeah i just uh it's when i started no, going through, good the list, through the list of movies like as soon as i saw it, it's like that's it that's my one for 87
1: i love it no that's yeah. a good that's a and that's a that's another movie that yeah i mean it's i probably I watched that multiple this. times
0: I would say, yeah, and I, I totally agree. In fact, talking about it just now, it's like, man, I think I want to watch that again.
1: But yeah, I mean, these are ones. I mean, yeah, I would like I've I, I haven't watched *Lead the Weapon in a long time. I've yeah. I've seen it in the last five years, I know, yeah. and I've seen Robocop in the last five years. I don't I can't tell you exactly when, but I have seen them. And then but it's one of those I like, like, yeah, that would That I mean, it's like I've seen it re- even recently, and I'm going, Yeah, yeah I want to see it again. That's yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't done commentaries for these. So these are definitely ones I think at some point we should definitely cover with a commentary. One thing I wanted to say before we move on to your second choice. So we talked about Lethal Weapon in the sequels that it spawned and how, you know, two and three were were pretty good. And even four had some, I mean, it wasn't great, but it had some, some cute things in it. Um, not, the same cannot be said about the RoboCop sequels. <laughs> um, the second one, had a lot of promise. It was directed by Erwin um, Kirshner, who directed The Empire Strikes Back. Um, really great director. Uh, it was The screenplay was by Frank Miller, which I know you know as a comic book fan uh, is responsible for Daredevil and uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for this and Peter Weller came back to play Robocop uh nancy travis or was it nancy travis did i say what? i always get her name mixed up with nancy uh, nancy travis is a different actress i'm thinking nancy allen
1: that's still standing yeah
0: that's right <laughs> um nancy and she's allen a pretty lady back- she's a very pretty yeah. lady oh yeah. she's a great actress yeah. Uh, but no nancy allen came back and it just didn't sequel the second one wasn't good and then for the third one they peter weller didn't come back so they recast it and, and i think I When I saw the trailer for it, it looked like RoboCop was flying or something like that. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not watching that. Um, but then uh, the movie also spawned a couple of TV series, like uh, miniseries. And those were surprisingly well done. Um, but I, I don't know if you can find them. I don't know if they ever made it to DVD. Or maybe they were on VHS. I know because that's how I was able to see them. But um, anyway. it on Betamax? I don't know if it was on Betamax. It definitely was on a VHS format.
1: All right, we'll have to look. Have to look yeah.
0: So anyway, so that's my that's my first choice. So what's your second choice?
1: My second
0: choice is Coming to America. Oh, so man, that's one of my favorite '80s comedies. Yeah, I yeah, was that. Just- that was on my list, but I the one I picked for my second choice. I just I was like, there's no competition for me. But no, Coming to America is such a great comedy, and I know we quote it sometimes. I used to quote it all the time when I was working at a video store with my coworkers because we just loved that movie so much. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't – I mean, it's – I mean, I I know that it's did a sequel finally after all these years that came out on Amazon Prime, and and, 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 and it did not do it justice. No, unfortunately. Uh, Unfortunately, and I was so excited about it. I wanted to love that movie. I was hoping that that was just going to be – um, yeah. But it was fun to watch to see the, the, the like to see all the old characters come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of them. Um, yeah. and that you know like that was you know like that was special in that regard. Yeah. Even though the storyline really is kind of like mm, you know yeah. it' not done better. You know, it's like it I mean, was, uh, I mean they should have hired Chris that, yeah. Turner to, to, to like to write the scripts. <laughs> this would have been. Yeah. <laughs> I it, mean, dude, we could we could be. we could come up we could come up with the script right now in ten minutes. It'd probably be better than what they put out there in no. that regard. But it was fun to see the, the cast back together again, um, and you know that was I mean that was really nice. And it was and actually now that since um, Louis Anderson just passed away recently, that's um, right. You know, yeah. and even he has a cameo in mm-hmm. the sequel. He sure does. That was, and so that was, you know, that was nice. That was a nice touch. In
0: fact, it was actually after his cameo, I stopped watching the movie. I couldn't even make it through it. I just was like, this, I can't watch this. I thought, well, I, I, I didn't think that. I just thought, I don't want to watch the rest of this right now. I'll come back later. And I never And they did. brought
1: back, and, but they brought back Randy Watson. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta love Randy Watson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that guy's got a lot of talent. I'm gonna tell you right now. He's got, oh, he's so good. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he, um, what do he, what do you say? If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> if loving God is wrong, I oh, don't want to be right. right.
0: Oh, yeah, so that was funny. one of the lines we would quote at the video store. Yeah, um, you know that the was, the, uh, the the one one of the soul the, glow. Oh, it was, oh, it's
1: a perfect time with my hair. Soul glow,
0: get some soul glow action going.
1: Soul glow. You know, the some thing soul glow that the this back.
0: movie, I think makes it such a great comedy classic is the number of roles that both Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall play in this especially the folks in the barbershop that is some of the funniest comedy those scenes and knowing I mean this was before Nutty Professor but like Eddie Murphy playing a couple of different characters in the same scene I mean he he just pulls it off and of course you know Eddie Murphy, another SNL alum, has, you know, a lot of experience with makeup and, you know, changing his appearance and everything. And he is so hilarious with these characters. I mean, to me, coming to America was hinting at the kind of stuff he was going to do in The Nutty Professor a few years later. I mean, he really just knows how to play characters, get the makeup, and it just transforms him completely into, into something else. But the characters he played in that movie and as well as Arsenio Hall,
1: those are some of my
0: favorite moments in those films. They're just so funny.
1: Yeah, it's just, I mean, really good. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's just a funny, it's just the it's just a it's a funny movie. That's the. Uh, yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's funny start to finish. I mean, right. not only that. It's a great comedy, but it has a great story. You know, you really root for um, for Eddie Murphy, and you know, just kind of the fairy tale aspect of it, him trying to find a princess, trying to find a queen.
1: In Queens, um, where queen. does the king? Where's the, the prince? Where's the find a, a, a creature in Queens?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's just there's so many fun, and it's great. Great cast. Um, like one of my favorite actors from the seventies, John Amos, who played, uh, played the dad on James James. on Good Times. James, Yeah. And just, you know, as an aside, not that he or his son listened to this podcast, but um, they're on uh, social media. Um, It's James. uh, It's John and his dad, uh, or his son, his dad. Um, It's John and his son. And I forget his son's name but they do videos together and, and it's just, it's such a sweet thing to watch the two of them, but just reflecting on him in this movie just reminded me of, of just what a great actor he is. He's so good in good times. And then he also played one of the villains in uh, diehard two in the nineties. Yeah, and, man. you know, he's done things here and there, but he's just a great actor, but yeah, I love him in coming to America. He plays um, he's the owner of the, was it McDowell's McDowell's McDowell's. Yeah. The, Cause the, the, McDonald's would not allow their stores to be used in the movie. And so <laughs> the, the wrong the, choice, the production was like, well, fine, we're just going to make fun of you and come up with something that sounds like McDonald's. I mean, these
1: are, yeah, it's like a horrible, horrible decision. I mean, it's, it's the same way that can like elf when they didn't allow, you know, like Macy's didn't want to be oh, yeah. the store. And I'm like, Okay, we use a a store that went. You're hating that
0: now, huh, Macy's?
1: Yeah, exactly. You could have been this, you could have, yeah, that
0: was. Yeah, you could have been part of a Christmas
1: tradition. Yep, exactly. But yeah, no,
0: but I I have always wondered though, you know, the choice of coming up with something that sounds like McDonald's as a way of kind of spoofing them. I'm really surprised there wasn't another fast food chain who just kind of said, we'll take it, we'll do it. Burger King, Wendy's, yeah, we'll do it. You know because I, I mean that movie is such a great comedy. I mean, could have been yeah some revenue for somebody yeah.
1: and speaking about that, you know, it's like talk we 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 mentioned Donner the first one, but think about um you know, John Landis was the director. I mean, that's a really good director
0: oh, yeah he I mean, directed one of the movies that we watched uh, last year, American werewolf in London
1: Exactly. which you, you kind of go. Definitely has a comedy element, so it's not yeah. like you. It's not like you. You don't see it, but it's like you. It, it's it shows you his range about because I mean this is really is a. I mean, you know, but the oh, one of the cool thing is that it had a nod to um to trading places in the it, movie. It, that's and that right. Was cool.
0: That is right. I completely. That's cool. Yeah, that John Landis. Uh, I feel like he does that a lot with his movies. John Landis. Does that in his movies? He'll have like little Easter egg references to other movies he's done, and he'll have characters, um, kind of show up. I, I I'm trying to remember what little I saw of the Coming to America sequel. Was there another Easter egg in that one for Trading Places? I,
1: for some reason, I think there was. Yeah, and I I, do I, mean, too. I, I, I did watch it all the way through. I just don't. I mean, but I didn't watch it twice. Um.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You Surprise. Know, here's the uh, other thing. I, I just remembered, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just, another reason why I really wanted to see the sequel is because Wesley Snipes was in it. And I was thinking, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, and now you've got Wesley Snipes, I'm in. But then I just...
1: And they wasted, and, and that was a wasted role for him. I hate this. You know, I mean, I, I and I hate to be critical because I really, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, sometimes people you know, like what we're doing, sometimes it's just like, it's natural to be like, well, I didn't like this or I don't like that, blah, mm-hmm. blah, You know, and I, and I get, I mean, I get this, sometimes it's part of, you know, we shouldn't be, yes, man. we shouldn't be critical all the time either. But it's like, I really wanted to love that movie. Mm-hmm. I was so excited and I was hoping that, you know, if you wait that long to do a sequel, that you really like go, I mean, yeah. you just kind of look at it as being, there's no way Eddie's going to sign off on anything that's not going to exactly. be like, uh, this has got to be yep. superb. Absolutely. And to me, I'm like going, did you do it for the paycheck? I mean, really? Or just do it for nostalgia? Like, and and, and maybe, it to to, maybe to be to to maybe a little bit of fairness, maybe maybe there's just a little bit of nostalgia to the fact of saying, we're getting everybody back together, yeah. basically, and we're doing this. And, you know, well, and but I, think, I really feel like well, they should
0: have. But I think it was also a family affair because Eddie had his daughter's you know his real life daughters in the movie and so I think it was an opportunity to get his family involved and I mean I I certainly don't fault him for it I think I think he had been wanting to do a sequel the public his fans wanted a sequel and I think you know you look at it across the board it's like yeah this seems like a a win-win it's got a great cast it's a beloved franchise or, or movie you know that this is a sequel to and but I just, I really think it boils down to the story. The story yeah. just didn't work.
1: Which and, is, which we talk about, we have brought that up on how many times over the years. Yeah. I mean, not just on the podcast, because mm-hmm. we've been years, but, but just in our conversation as friends. Yeah. The, I mean, it just, it shows you a good story, a good screenplay uh, really needs to be in place. You know, it. I mean, just like just like you mentioned about about Robocop 2. You said mm-hmm. it's like the cast came back, you had everybody back. The story, and, and you had a good, you even had a good screenwriter. It just mm-hmm. didn't, it just didn't. Some things just don't. It just doesn't mesh. It just doesn't gel. Um, doesn't yeah. gel. You know, even even if you do have a great screenwriter. Yeah. Um,
0: so. Well, it's, I think I know. I'm pretty sure I've said this in a previous episode. Having worked some in film and, and video and television. I have come to the belief that if a movie is good, that's a miracle um, because like you just said, you can have all the right elements, but the movie just doesn't come together. So when you get a movie that does come together and it not only comes together beautifully, it is something that you love, you watch again and again, that is nothing short of a miracle. Because yeah, I, everything really- can go wrong. Anything like it's, it's like a a, a link and if one link is in that chain, so to speak, is loose or weak, it, the whole thing falls apart.
1: So, so, yeah. I mean, I love seeing some of these, um, you, know, you, you know, people will mention, oh, so-and-so tried out for this role or so-and-so mm-hmm. turned that role down and so-and-so mm-hmm. got that role. And you go, man, think of like, you know, I mean, like think of this guy would have took that, his career oh, yeah. could have could have just projected up, but at the same time, it's like that person being in that role, it, it, you know, like they're yeah, they're good actor and something else doesn't mean that they're going to make it, you know, like it could have completely changed the tone, aka Eric Stoltz is Back yeah. to the Future, Marty McFly. I mean, we all know Eric Stoltz is a great actor. He mm-hmm. is. He's phenomenal. He's really a really good actor. Yeah. But he yeah. didn't. But he didn't have the right tone for Back to the Future. Obviously, they didn't think so. Um, and you know, and we know Michael J. Fox. You know, and, and if you put Michael J. Fox in as as uh, Keith in some kind of wonderful, it may not work. I mean, it yeah. it would it, it may have been a, it may have been like that. Don't make that don't like to make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of like I mean, I'm just saying. So some 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 actors just don't some they fit better, you know. So yeah. I mean, I totally get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Well, I guess I will move on to to my second choice and I I hinted at this. So this is from 1988 and I think it is without a doubt a Christmas movie. I watch it every Christmas. I look forward to watching it every Christmas. It is like (laughs) part of my, and if I can watch it on Christmas Eve, after the kids are in bed, it is like the sweetest present. I don't know why I've seen it a bazillion times. Of course, I'm talking about die hard. Um, (laughs) This, this, uh, there is so much Yippee that cow, I yeah. love about this. There's so much I love about this movie. So one, I was of the generation that loved Bruce Willis in moonlighting on television. and Check, check. I'll even say that one of his first movies, which wasn't Die Hard, it was actually a movie called Blind Date. It's a comedy. You can see it on
1: Hulu, by the way, right now. Oh, really? Yeah. The advertisement. Yep.
0: I'll have, to, I'll have to check that. I haven't seen it in a few years, but um him and kim basinger and it's not a great comedy but it's got some really great qualities to it it's got some good stuff in it it's not entirely good again it's one of those things where something was just not quite up to speed with everything else and it just kind of falls apart a little but uh still um huge bruce willis fan so when i heard when this was coming out uh, it just checked off all the boxes, Bruce Willis action, him jumping off a building. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. And of course, you know, what going to see it, uh, I was just so blown away. I'm like, and I still think it is one of the best action films of all time. I think it is so well put together. Uh, John McTiernan, John McTiernan directed it, who also directed predator, um, several other movies. um, the screenplay uh, was by two guys, uh, Jeb Stewart and Stephen uh, E. D'Souza. Now, D'Souza uh, wrote for television for a number of years. Uh, he wrote on The Six Million Dollar Man, um, many other shows. And I, if I remember correctly, Die Hard was a project. It's based on a book. It's called The book's called Nothing Lasts Forever. And I don't think it bears a lot of similarity to the movie other than the concept but de souza i think he wrote this at a time if i'm remembering the story correctly he wrote it at a time where he was really low on funds and he just kind of it was a hail mary pass of sorts like he's like i'm gonna write this thing and hopefully i'll be able to sell it well he was able to sell it and it became you know obviously a tremendous hit kicked off a franchise but there's so much about this it. great cast one of the best villains of an of an action movie uh, with um excuse me alan rickman the late great alan rickman uh yes. who plays hans gruber the villain in this movie he is such a slick suave um just utterly cold-blooded villain in this movie and uh very funny like his scenes with bruce willis are really great uh, bruce is funny he's he clearly can do the action um It's just a great movie. I never get tired of watching it. And I'm not kidding. Like, we've talked about Christmas movies. In fact, we covered a bunch of Christmas movies back in December. Obviously, Elf, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. These are all movies I look forward to watching. But Die Hard is just kind of like, that's dad's Christmas movie. (laughs) Dad's
1: Christmas. Yeah, I watched it this past Christmas Eve. I I, I think we were texting each other. That's right. uh, That's right. We were. um, some yes. pictures, and um, we did. I, I made a couple of memes real quick and throw it yeah. up on Instagram. I think at the time, and
0: no, it is it is so great. And I think you know the 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 next two Die Hard movies I really liked. The second one I thought was was very well done. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I think it's really good. Um, the third one had the great Samuel L. Jackson and whoever had the idea of putting Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson together is kind of like a buddy, not even though Jackson's not a cop in it, in the movie, they, they definitely like a buddy cop kind of vibe going on. Um, they were great. The ones that came after the third one, I, I've seen them, but I just, I'm not a big fan of them, yeah, but dude, you know, yeah but I'm a big fan of Bruce Willis and and obviously we talked about him a couple of weeks ago with the the news about his diagnosis with aphasia. Um, You know, it's just seeing this movie, just, this is him in his prime. This is him like Bruce Willis kind of just at the, you know, he was starting out his movie career, but he just had all of that humor and that charm and that leading man, uh, you know, capability um, and just, just really funny. Um, but also could be very dramatic um but yeah it's, it's such it's not a, a
1: superstar man it really did absolutely he, he
0: rightly deserved it because he just knocked it out of the park in this movie so um so yeah love diehard it's definitely one of my favorites
1: that's yeah
0: so your time for your third favorite
1: 1989, I kind of went in order here with uh-huh. 87, 88, 89, and it, it kind of worked out perfectly, I think. I, I mean, I really didn't 100% plan it that way, but it really, I was like, this works nicely. 1989, number one, I think number one all time for the for the whole year of 89, Batman. Yes. With, with a Michael Keaton. That's right. The original, the That's OG, right. who's still the OG. He is no offense to Adam West, but no the yeah, for the movie OG, OG we're talking Michael movie Keaton. Batman. Movie Batman OG Michael Keaton. He is yeah. he is yeah. Yeah. That first one is just with Jack Nicholson as a joker. Uh, I mean
0: it's so good. So much fun. It it was I remember going to see it. I was in college um and it was the summer of 89. And I was participating in a summer repertory theater. I was working backstage on a bunch of shows at the school I went to in Greensboro. And I remember, I could not wait for this movie to come out. I, I remember when the trailer came out, it was just like, I remember people would buy tickets to movies that had the trailer just to see the trailer. Um, and this was before the internet, before social media. So the only way you could see the trailer for Batman is if you went to the theater and saw it in front of them, another movie. Um, but I saw this um, on the weekend and just like it blew the roof off. It was so just great, great movie, a lot of fun. And I don't—we've talked about this before. I know off offline, just like whenever we've hung out. But I remember when they announced Michael Keaton, and just the backlash like people were like what are you talking about he's not batman he's just some stand-up comic you know whatever it's like who's laughing now you know
1: oh i remember man, I, th- I think we i think we may have mentioned this once yeah. on one of the podcasts before i think we have but i mean I, yeah i mean i mean it's like michael keaton we knew me and mr mom it's like yeah um you know, the, he was. I remember talking about this. He was in the the he was in the movie with um, Henry Winkler, um, Night Shift. Night Shift, oh, love that. It. I mean, it's like, and oh, he's Night funny. Shift. He's a funny dude. He's a good actor. All this stuff, and you're going, yeah. the him might is Batman, and you're like, mm, I mean, or like, I mean, dude, if it had been social media time. He would have really been there right over the coals. Like before the movie even came out, it would have been. I mean, he was already getting there right over the coals. But you're right; he would have been destroyed on social media. I mean, like, oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. before it even he had to be like, "Here's a here's some pre some pre pictures that have been leaked to the of them." And like, he would have been like, "Oh, that, he, that's that's horrible looking." You know, how, how dare they do that? It's like, you know,
0: it's it's, it's but, true. It's true. You know, it's. Um, I, I remember. I think when I first heard the news, I reacted like most everybody. I'm like, what? But the more I thought about it, and I had actually, when the news was announced, not long after that, I saw a movie that he did called Clean and Sober. It's a drama. He plays an alcoholic drug addict who's trying to go through rehab. And he really displayed his dramatic ability in that. And after I saw that, I thought, I kind of, instead of being like, I don't know, I was more of like, you know what? I'm just going to wait and see. I think he's going to surprise everybody. And he did. I mean, he really, really did. And I'll never forget. forget, (laughs) It just shows you like what a fanboy geek I was. So I had a magazine. It might have been Premiere Magazine or one of the movie magazines back then. And there was a photo of Michael Keaton in it. And I grabbed a Sharpie and I drew the Batman mask on the picture. And I remember doing it and then looking at it and going, yeah, I think he can actually do this. I mean, it actually like, yeah, I could totally see him in this. And then when the trailer came out and they showed him with the, you know, I'm Batman. Um, Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I think. And of course you, like you said, I mean, people look back at that and go, yeah, he was, You know, some people go so far as to say he's the best movie Batman ever. And I got to be honest with you. I mean, as much as I've loved, you know, Robert Pattinson, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, you know, as well as the other ones. And I even thought George Clooney is Batman. I think his problem was just a horrible script, but I think he really could have been a great Batman, um, especially along the lines of like how Ben Affleck played it as an older Bruce Wayne you know, like a slightly, you know, kind of not past his prime, but getting close to it.
1: I mean, how cool would that be to bring – you just brought a brilliant idea. What if they brought George Clooney back to do Batman in older Batman now? I mean, oh, yeah. I, mean I know we're bringing Michael Keaton back to do that kind of yeah. – but, I mean, George Clooney could do the same thing. I mean, I really think he may be a better Batman now than he was when he first did it, especially well, if know, he had a better script.
0: If it, it, they could do that, but I was just thinking, as you were saying older Batman, there's the whole Batman beyond – um setting where bruce has given up the the suit he's passed it on to a younger guy but he's still kind of like his you know eyes in the sky for this batman kind of helping him do what he needs to do and like i could see him do something like that but getting off on a tangent here um because i don't want to get away from the movie but we were talking i was talking with my youngest son today and i don't know how it came up but we were talking about willem defoe and you know davis loves willem defoe he thinks you know, he loves him in spider-man you know he's just oh he's yeah a great actor. he's
1: fantastic in a, in a right character.
0: uh well what started the conversation is that his music teacher he said my music teacher kind of looks like willem defoe and and i was thinking like you know he does kind of a little bit. his hair is very different but yeah the face i kind of see what you're saying so we got to talking about willem defoe and i said you know i love him as the green goblin. But I think in another, like in a parallel universe, he played the Joker at some point. And I think he would have been terrific as the Joker. Mm. And then as we got to talking about it, I thought he could play an older Joker if they ever did a live action version of the dark Knight returns, which, you know, Batman's an old man. Obviously Joker is also older. And I thought, yeah, I could totally see Defoe playing an older Joker. So anyway, we just kind of riffed on that while we were driving to meet uh, my wife and my other sons. But um, anyway, sorry, to get off on that tangent there. But um, yeah, and Michael
1: two, Keaton. And two things about about movie. One, gotta mention Pat Hingle. oh, uh, yes. You know, I mean, it's one like, of our favorites. One of our favorites. We talked, you know, Maximum Overdrive. North Carolina resident. Yeah, North Carolina. He, that's you know, lived in Carolina beach through his whole you know yeah. retirement. End of years life, you know. After anything after Maximum Overdrive, that's when he fell in love with Carolina Beach. Yeah, you know, it became a it became a, a lifetime after that point resident.
0: Uh, you know, then, we we interviewed with Barry and Lori. Um, I meant to. I don't know if we we really covered it, but one of the things I remember Barry telling me about his experiences with Maximum Overdrive was he talked about how he was there to kind of witness pat falling in love with north carolina and i remember him telling me i think pat made a comment to him or something and he said barry i've decided i'm gonna live here i'm gonna just move my stuff and i'm just gonna live here he says i love it here and that's yeah that's what he wound up doing
1: it did that's i mean really cool
0: yeah but yeah no it was great seeing him in this what were your what was your other Oh, and
1: and then prince yes you gotta we gotta bring prince up i mean i know that's a great
0: soundtrack right his songs and danny elfman's batman theme just uh such good the music in that was terrific that 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 prince album that he did or the, the songs he did for the movie i think i wore the tape out in my car just playing it over and over just just such a good soundtrack um yeah right. two really good yeah reasons of course and then billy d williams oh. as harvey dent which i i remember when i heard he was playing harvey dent i was like oh man that would be an awesome two like he would be an awesome two-face just very different from the the comic version and unfortunately we were robbed of ever seeing him on the big screen as two-face but uh last year i think it was uh dc did a. I think it was either a limited series, it might be an ongoing series, but it's called Batman 89. And it basically picks up after the first Batman movie and it shows in the comics Harvey Dent becoming Two Face. And so there was actually some issues where he's the villain in it. And uh, it's not That's bad. Cool. Not bad.
1: Very cool. Very, yeah. very cool.
0: Yeah. So great choice, though. It's, I think to me, um, you know, some people say that. You know, Superman, the movie, was the one to really kind of kick things off. And I think that's true, but I think modern superhero movies have a huge debt of thanks to give to Batman from 89. Um, I think it really kind of opened the door, even though it took a while for them to get to where they're at now. But I think it really kicked off the idea of, yeah, superheroes could be a franchise movie, a successful movie franchise. So, um, yeah uh, michael Keaton,
1: and, and it debuted on my dad's birthday too which oh, is p- pretty, pretty cool june 23rd yeah, yeah that's
0: Saturday
1: perfect night. yeah so that yeah I remember, that I remember
0: that date i remember that date because it came out and then i think i didn't see it the day it came out i saw it the very next day um because that was one of the first times i remember experiencing like showings being sold out because people bought their tickets in advance.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it. it you're right. It, that did start a whole new. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know people, I mean, f- you know, I, I, I know Star Wars brought some of that out mm-hmm. in people in the 80s and stuff. But I mean, really, I think that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That did this bring was the, that. Back. To me, this
0: was the first movie, you know, since, I mean, I may be missing something. In, in between but Star Wars and Batman I think it there was so much hype for those movies that yeah you had people standing in line around the corner
1: from the theater to get in um I well remember, you know Jet Nicholson you know kind of drove I think did. I think his involvement drove the drove the expectations and that hype that you talked about oh, yeah. more than more than Michael Keaton but I think but I think like you know like it, all those people who doubted Michael Keaton everybody was like was like ooh, gotta see what Jack Nicholson brings to this, but I think everybody who who was you know i mean Jack Nicholson delivered there's no doubt well absolutely, but but I think you're pleasantly surprised by what Michael Keaton did, and you're like, okay, this was we got our money's worth on this one, I mean, yeah, like not only is Jack Nicholson superb, yeah, Michael Keaton gives it you know is a great you know yin and yang there i mean they they, they feed off each other really well they weren't well together and they yeah. um you know it's it's not like oh it's shed nicholson and then little old Michael Keaton who can't you know he's right. barely keeping up with the with the, with the script I mean no no he, he brings no it no problem
0: I mean, with that he he brings his A game because right. and I think I think Keaton has set gone on record and said that when he was cast and then he learned that Nicholson was cast, he he knew he had to bring his A game like he came ready to play and it shows. And, um, you know, I think there's so much about this, this movie and, you know, Michael Keaton, I think, really came out a winner. And I just I love, especially in light of the really great Batman movie that came out this year with Robert Pattinson. But just seeing Michael Keaton get a lot of love from fans that maybe he didn't get when he first, you know, when that movie first came out. Right. I think a lot of people. Maybe younger people who have seen the movie, maybe on a streaming service or whatever, like they get it. They get that like, yeah, this movie was, you know, really a great, fun, entertaining movie. And, um, you know, it's just nice to see Michael Keaton get a lot of love for, for the role. And also hey, that sure. he's going to be coming back, You Which know, is- hopefully soon some at some point in another dc they don't movie. quit
1: delaying stuff all right the time. well if I'll they don't do
0: fire stuff. the the lead actor and can't <laughs> recast him or something
1: what what you want to fight me what do you say <laughs> lord oh sorry it's not hawaii i can't, no, I can't be fighting here <laughs> if this is Hawaii, i'd fight you in a heartbeat but this is not Hawaii. i
0: can't No. um so yeah this I, I i'm so glad to see you know i had Kind of debate. That's when I texted you earlier to find out because I had almost thought about putting Batman in in the slot, but when you came back, I was like, "Oh,
1: perfect!" Like, you know, because that's
0: one of the nice things. I think a lot of these movies, you and I both, you're like, "Yeah, we really love these movies." We
1: do. We do. I mean, that's the beauty, man. We yeah. not only did we probably see some of these movies, even though they're not really the '80s stuff, because we really mm-hmm. didn't become you know close until like the '90s, but. But this the fact that you know. I, th- I think that's part of our our, our shared mutual friendship is mm-hmm. like we some of these shared experiences. Even though you're a little bit older than me, not by a lot, but it's just like. But we but we went through these. No, or not. I mean, we're close in age. Yeah. But we but we but we went through these these things, and like I said, it's almost like shared experiences. Like you know, we went through these same things, and we enjoyed the same a lot of the same stuff even, even though we, we you know like we each have our own interests on different things but we but some of this stuff man we were just like we are 100 in agreement you know it's like yeah. you don't have to you know go oh these guys are totally opposite you know it's like we, we each have our own opinion on stuff but right some right. things we were like yep 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 yep
0: it's true it's true so um for for my third choice favorite movie of the 80s um Again, like you, I'm going in chronological order. So um, before I say it, though, I know when we were first talking about this series, like we had this, I don't know, if, I think we discussed it, but the idea of like, let's pick movies we haven't already covered. Um, because some of the movies we've already covered, I would say are favorites of ours. For oh, me.
1: no doubt. We could, I could, we could list a whole nother list of movies. And so
0: I deliberately tried for the first two episodes... And even when I approach this episode, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick movies that we haven't already covered. Well, I broke that rule with this third choice because we have covered this movie. We did an audio commentary for it, but it is truly one of my favorites from the eighties. Um, and that's 1989's uncle Buck directed by John Hughes and starring the unforgettable late, great John Candy. Um, and I know we've said this before in, at least i'm pretty sure i have in a previous episode john candy is one of a small handful of folks who are no longer with us that whenever he shows up in a movie or somebody mentions him i either think it or i'll say it out loud i really miss him you know and john candy is you know just one of those that we were definitely robbed when we lost him um because he was so terrific as not just as a comedian, but also he showed that he could do dramatic stuff very well. Uh, And this movie to me is just one of my favorites. Um, I won't say it's John Hughes best film because there are other films that I think are, I would put in that category, but this movie is just so special to me in so many ways, but it's also a movie that if it's on, if like I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, I'm going to have to stop and watch it wherever it is. I'm going to have to watch it and try to watch it all the way through to the end because I just you know just love it he's so like great lines funny scenes great cast I think it's really John Hughes like you know it's just a it's a really good John Hughes film Um, especially it's you know moving out of the teen centered kind of drama This was kind of a transition of sorts, I think. It was starting to kind of lean more towards the adult comedies. Um, and, you know, there's yeah, still she's a,
1: having a baby playing straight Right, you know, exactly. Like, I, I whole, kind of grouped that into but, that yeah, this one
0: into that whole era there with his films. But this is it's probably so funny.
1: That's a funny, that's a yeah. funny movie. And yeah. And obviously John Candy becoming almost like a new muse for him. It's like absolutely you know, really showcasing his talents and yeah.
0: There was they had a really good partnership, and, um, you know, I think just the fact, I, I, th- I know I've shared this with you um, on this episode, and just, you know, just kind of talking about stuff outside of the podcast, but, um, you know, I I had, I know a, a designer who's worked with John Hughes, and his comments, like, they actually talked about John Candy, because um, this designer, he's kind of a big guy, and so he had told hughes he's like well you know i'm a big guy so i'm like i always love seeing big guys on the movies you know being the, the lead character he said i just love john candy and he said that hughes was like yeah i loved him too he said it just it, once he passed he's like it was never the same like really kind of like losing john i think kind of took some of the wind out of hughes's sail and i don't think he ever really recaptured kind of what he had in the projects he did with candy but uh but this movie i just it's it's so good and i still laugh at the scenes in it um and and what's nice about this movie is that my kids have really taken to this film like i've watched it with them multiple times and any and they're kind of like me if they're if it's on they're like hey it's uncle buck (laughs) and so yeah we'll we'll watch it kind of as a family thing um has a very young Macaulay Culkin in it, pre-Home Alone. In fact, this was the movie that really John Hughes paid attention to this kid. And was like, hmm, I think I might be able to use this kid for something else. Yeah,
1: smart. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. He's always he's got an eye for I mean, he had an eye for talent.
0: He really did. He, did. he really did.
1: I mean, we could talk about his writing, about how good he was at writing, but he had an eye for for picking, you know, like going, yeah. That 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 kid or that person's. They got yeah. it. They got whatever it 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 is. And McCauley, I mean, he had it. I mean, yeah. for certain, you know. Just like, I mean, just like, just like Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, during those teen years, he had exactly, I mean, he's still a great actor. It's just, but he really had it down. I mean, it's yes. just, you know, Molly Ringwald at that time, just, I mean, yep. I mean, and he, and he wrote for them perfectly. I mean, that's, that's what makes it so cool.
0: So there, apparently, um, I'm going to butcher this country's name, so apologies to anyone who may be from here. Uh, Malayalam. So there's, uh, the so Uncle Buck apparently was remade in the Malayalam language, and it was released as Uncle Bun.
1: Uncle Bun. <laughs> Uncle Bun. Where is Melamama? where's that located? Uh, let's see. I think Does it's... It
0: it's an Indian country so it must be near oh India but okay. yeah Uncle Bun
1: Uncle Bun yeah I have Uncle. to ask Man, I have some Indian students who work with me at the at Duke I'll have to uh, ask about that and see love, yeah, to, to. love to hear lo- love to hear their take on that if they can go oh <laughs> yeah or, like never heard of it so, uncle bun's a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's Every a, time it's oh we got to watch it. I'm like love to hear. It. So here what they got to say.
0: It's it's a language that's spoken in the Indian state of Kerala and union territories of Lakshad, Lakshadweep and Puducherry by the Malayali people.
1: Puducherry by the Malayali people. Yeah, okay. Exactly. okay. Uncle Bun, by... Uncle Bun. I Bunn uh, with the, the cheering yeah. by the other people.
0: Yeah. So well,
1: <laughs> well, I yep. think
0: uh, that's that's our favorites of the '80s. We managed. Well, dude, to I'm get-
1: telling you, this that was a. I I mean, this is. I mean, some people may argue, and rightfully so, on some of some of you know our choices in the past. <laughs> I think we went. I mean, no, in mine my particular, I think you know, I, I I chose I chose I was chose one that was a little offbeat. Um, I think yeah, this time I, did, I just I I just went with I went with my gut. Now, right. if now we could have, I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go with your, you know, like like you said, one of your favorite uh, Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Jennifer Grey movies. Uh, you know, was going to be Dirty Dancing. I thought that was going to be your be your number one yeah,
0: not even uh, on the list.
1: Um, that would have been probably on on most women's list from this time period. True, um, because because it would have been because because they'd been teenage girls at the time, and every I mean every dude wanted to be Patrick Swayze, every girl wanted to be Jennifer Grey. Every girl wanted to date yeah. wanted to date Patrick Swayze, and probably most guys were like, maybe Jennifer Grey may not have been the, the may not have been the bombshell, but most guys would have been like, oh yeah, she's she's that pretty girl next door thing. You know, she had that whole vibe going oh, yeah. at the time. Um, and then, I and then another one for me, I would have could have been honorable mention about being like a little a little off the beaten path would have been um, "Can't Buy Me Love." Yep. Um, you know, like it's it's not. It probably doesn't make the top ten of all time. You know, eighties comedies or teen comedies, but it's right. It's close. It's up there. In my book, I I really that that's one of those movies that it, it it's so underrated. It's kind of like I mean it's one of my I mean I I love it. I mean and it's close. It it, it would have been if, if we we're doing this guy kind of like a teen a teen movie for this time period. I'd have been like put it on there. Um, I mean like I mean it's really good. Um, and we could have and we've easily could have picked like I'm just picking a few off the top of my head. Ghostbusters two, Back to the Future two. Both came out like in I think in eighties, was that eighty-seven or eighty-eight? Ghostbusters two. Yeah, but, I thought, but, I but Ghostbusters
0: two yeah. came out in eighty-nine.
1: It was eighty nine? Okay, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it, yeah, maybe that's what it was. But both those movies came out during this during this time frame that we're talking about. And I mean, you know, I mean, those were both good great I mean I mean, yeah. they're they're important sequels to the sequel category um play a role there. I mean yeah, I mean, they could have been on the list. I mean, you could, I mean, we can make, we can make her, you know, you can make a, make an argument for a lot of movies mm-hmm. um, in this, but those are a couple of months at the top of my head that I was kind of like, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure most women who are our age would pick Dirty Dancing would be probably at the top of their, probably, level. yeah, probably most likely. Uh, that is still my yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps it up for now.
1: Any Betamax people, please, 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 please write wait. in, please. Right.
0: What are your favorite movies from 1987, 1988, and 1989? We want to know. Tell us on Instagram at The Midnight Movie Snack Podcast, or on Twitter at TMMS Podcast, Facebook, Or you can visit our website, themidnightmoviesnackpodcast.com. Be sure to check out Garrett's YouTube channel, All Things 80s with Garrett. And until next time, thanks for listening.